This is Christ Talk, live Sunday through Thursday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, hosted by Donald Wayne and Dennis Lee, a dynamic father and son duo who focus on current events while raising up their child and never forgetting to share laughs. Now here's the guy. Well, I'm Donald Wayne. And this is Trice. Wacky Wednesday. <laughs> it's June the 16th. <laughs> Indeed it is. You know what that means? It's Wednesday. Yeah. Well, huh. June the 16th. <laughs> means we have 14 more days till the end of the month. This is true. Hey, BP. Science. Hey, hey BP. Hey, Chestnut. It is Wacky Wednesday. Welcome to insanity, hmm. confusion, hmm. disturbing behavior. Sounds like my last doctor's visit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what kind of doctor you went to, but um, yeah. It must have been some fun experience. Wasn't one of those rubber glove ones, was it? No, no. Okay. No, not, not, not that time. <laughs> Welcome, Eric. Welcome. Those are the fun ones. Hey, Eric. H-K-T-R. There we go. How about that? I was going to say all kinds of wrong. I thought you were saying Kunte Kinte there for a no, second. I was no. going to say, well, I remember that movie. Well, I do, but that's, no, that's not what I was trying to say. H K T R 2. That's what two. I was trying to say. Yeah. Sounds like uh, it's complicated. <laughs> so does Podbeam, those, are those assigned by Podbeam? They are Podbean assigned numbers. So I guess they just have to jumble all kinds of stuff, you know, with so many people, you know. Was that like a temporary thing? Until you, you sign on to, yes, to the Until you get a experience. real, real uh, moniker or whatever it is. Right. So you get a real moniker. Monica, um, not Monica. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we don't want to offend any Monicas in the world. Oh my goodness! I think we've actually had a Monica uh, come into the show some a uh, few times. Have we? Oh, okay. I think you know. I see so many names on here. Well, there is a lot of names. This is for sure. Um, it gets confusing sometimes. Well, it how could are you? BP? I don't know. Bill Clinton. He does know one. Um, or at least where address is, that's for sure. Uh, you had to bring that up, didn't you? <laughs> well, I mean, it's... I mean, you, want, you yeah. think they'll be talking about... It goes about, hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he said. Did, did you think uh, they'll be talking about Bill Clinton, you know, 50 years from now? And Monica Lewinsky? I don't know about 50 years from now. It may, come, it may come up as, you know, do you remember when... But it's not going to definitely be a topic of conversation. You think uh, no. Hillary will still be around in 50 years? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, I think she may be. She may be immortal, Donald Wayne. I was thinking about uh, a contest. A I contest? Was, I was, yeah, I was thinking about Hillary Clinton 
versus and and Kamala Harris getting together and doing a laugh off and see who can oh, cackle. I, oh, Lord, I thought you were going to say something else. I was disturbed for for a what? second. What? What in the world could you make out so, of that? Know, mud wrestling or something? I don't oh, know. Oh, mud wrestling. Just, yeah. Um. um well, let's see. No, I. I Maybe Nancy Pelosi and uh, what's that lady's name that's so angry in California? Uh, uh, gosh, I hated Trump and he was going to run Trump out. God, why can't I think of her name right now? You know no, who I'm talking about? I do not. Our favorite little uh, congresswoman from California other than Nancy. Hmm. Um, anyway. Maxine Waters. There you go, Maxine Waters. Thank you, thank you, thank Jess. you Jess. Uh, thank you. She she gets the first clap of the night, Donald Wayne. There. So Maxine and Nancy Pelosi mud wrestling. There you go. There's there's a ticket to sell right there. All right, yeah. Um, or in a pool of jello. Oh, hey, welcome, Big Papa. Well, hey, Big Papa. Big Papa. Big Papa. Oh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> call me anything you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> I know. You were the first one to get it, Jess. Um, so, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> and just remember who in, uh, initiated that. Uh, well, you know. Um, Nancy Pelosi would be ice cream. Yeah, she could use some of that uh, $75 a quart ice cream that she oh, likes yeah. so much and watch Maxine. Well, no, no, put them in a rubber pool. Oh yeah. Okay. We're Ooh. not that. We're shake not, that off. We're, yeah. We're not that way. We need to see something, <laughs> something violent so we can get rid of that image. Jeez. Um, you like Slurpees out of way? I do like Slurpees, uh, like yeah. we used to get at Seven uh, Eleven or, right, or yeah. the Circle K. Yeah, um, or you know, a Slurpee or a slushy, but you know, it's going to be internet. It's going to be um, Slurpee Day all, actually, all uh, for the whole month of July this year. Really? Slurpee Day is right around the corner, just next month. Yeah. See, I'm partial to Slurpee over Slushy because Slurpee is more like just almost like snow. Yeah. It's it so is. fine, it's and Slurpee yeah. and and Slushies are just like I don't know ice. They're pulverized they're ice. Yeah, they're crunchy ice nuggets. Yeah, yeah the Slurpee. Um, I remember the when <laughs> I remember when Slurpees came out. It was in the early '60s. And they premiered them at the state fair in Dallas. And oh, really? uh, it was a big thing. They had Slurpee uh, uh, vendors all, all around the fair that year. This new thing, try this. In fact, there wasn't a lot of people that were even interested in them. Hmm. And uh, I remember trying it just because it was different, and I fell in love with them. And then they started having them at 7-Eleven. Well, you know, 7-Eleven was founded in 1927, Donald Wayne. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a full year older than Mickey Mouse. So how did you retain that little 
I, I, I am a wealth of useless knowledge. You got it. Well, so. I've been called that myself, so it must be a family thing. Well, How come you, know. you only remember things that are worthless? And I, yeah. I don't know. It's just, I mean, it's they're easier. Somebody money a long time ago. Um, yeah. you know, maybe they'll play the numbers and somebody win the lottery this weekend because of that. I don't know. Uh, you actually had an uncle or somebody that used to run a Seven Eleven there in Dallas. I don't know if you know that. Oh, really? I don't actually. Down the road from uh, down yonder, Barnes Avenue. Yeah. Oh wow! There was a Seven Eleven down that way, and I don't know. I think he was a cousin or something. It was, you know, so it'd mm. be an uncle or something to you. But yeah, he ran a Seven Eleven, and that was before they started robbing them. You know, that was back uh-huh. in the day when they were still safe jobs. Well, you know, people have to make money, Donald Wayne. Why does someone get hurt, I guess? Yeah, well. Um, well, just, just go to a Walgreens in San Francisco, and you don't even have yeah. to use a pistol. It's all right, take what you want. You could probably get the cash register and uh, a super slurpee. So... <laughs> <laughs> well okay so we got a variety of stuff tonight that's for sure oh, a lot a lot a lot um so i guess we should move into that oh did you i know it's not political night but did you see any of the clips no. about biden today uh and his new little news conference after the putin meeting and uh, and somebody shouted a question out to him as he was almost out of sight and he got pissed off and turned around came back and kind of kind of got a little short with the reporter have you seen that oh no no i have not um <laughs> is that wait a minute i'm, I'm concerned because just uh, they still put milk on your front porches um in colorado I didn't know they still did that. Um, I would pay to get that just one I think, time. I think they still do it in places here. I think that Mayfield Dairy delivers wow. milk. So when it shows up, is ice cold? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm sure it's, they're refrigerated trucks, so I guess yeah, they would be. Uncap it and drink it right there on the front porch on a hot day. Yeah. Man. It's almost as good as having a cow. Wow. Or just about, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. um, I did not know that. I, I didn't think they did that. I've seen, I've seen a few, but it's usually in the more upscale neighborhoods. I can tell huh? you that no one here in my neighborhood gets milk <laughs> delivered. Oh, oh, look, next door, Donald Wayne's getting bottles think, of milk delivered. I know, I should do that porch. for a month just to impress people in yeah, the neighborhood. Like, oh, oh, yeah, they... Yeah. Come into some money. <laughs> uh, oh, that's cool, Jessica. Actually, that's on the list. Well, we've been um, having food delivered, you know, for two months. So I guess why, we might. Oh, yeah. Why not? Uh, oh, <laughs> order, order donuts and some some milk. So, oh, yeah, my I really like those food services where you, you can order these meals, but it's you know it's. Mm. It gets expensive after a while, and now that everything is going up, it's it's going to be even harder. Right. They say yeah. milk has gone up like forty or fifty cents a gallon. I think. Well, bacon. I think bacon is going to double or triple. They said. Um, so just all kinds of things. 
um, are going to hit us. It's just temporary. That's that's what the Biden folks are saying. It's just temporary. Oh, yeah. There's no need to panic. Yeah. This will all be just yeah. fine. Gas is a dollar more than it was yeah. this time last year, but don't be concerned. Like, you don't have to worry. There's nowhere to go anyway. We're paying <laughs> you enough to where you don't have to go work. Um, geez, what is everybody complaining about? Just stay at home, collect a check. Um, right. Yeah, but if you haven't seen that Biden right. clip, I, you, you should. You probably can find it on the internet, probably on Twitter somewhere too. Huh. Yeah, he he got he got pissed, and and then but I I did read later that he uh, uh, before he got on Air Force One to come back home, he issued an apology to that uh, that reporter that asked that question. So he apologized. Hmm. And, you, and you know how we are about apologies. Right. Okay. Well, did you know, showing you the stupidity of government, did you know that there was a Florida town that accidentally <laughs> sold its water tower, uh, the only water tower for the town in a uh, property sale they did? Oh, you got to be kidding me. No, no, they sold, <laughs> they sold their water source. Uh, it's in Brooksville, Florida. And I think I've been through Brooksville. It's uh, about 50 miles north of Tampa. But um, anyway, it's, it's a small town. And they accidentally sold their water tower in a blundered real estate transaction is what the article says. It's from the Associated <laughs> Press. <laughs> So a, a businessman purchased a municipal building underneath the city of Brooksville's water tower. And he paid $55,000 for the building uh, with the goal of converting it into a gym. <laughs> but um, it says, however, when Bobby Reed, who is the guy that bought the uh, property, went to the county to get an address for his new business location, he was told that the partial he bought included the entire water tower site for the city. <laughs> so, uh, luckily for the town, Reed was willing to give it back to the city. Uh, he was very generous. County records show that he transferred the water tower back to Brooksville through a warranty deed last month. And there's only 8,500 residents in that town, but, um, Let's see. City council member Blake Bell said, I don't know where the blame falls here. <laughs> We're council members and we rely on the city manager. We assume that he has done his due diligence. The city manager, Mark Cutney, blamed the use of the bad legal description for what happened. So the city's redevelopment agency director resigned after the accidental sale. Yeah, mm. I just, I'd never heard of that. I mean, you accidentally sell something you didn't intend to sell. Yeah, I, I've never heard of such a thing. But Cutney said, we're mm -hmm. all human. Sometimes we make mistakes. Hmm. Well, well, what if that had been somebody a little bit less, you know, uh, generous? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm in the water business now. So you'd be buying your water supply from me. Right. Exactly. 
Uh, like uh, BP says, control the water, control the town. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, Dennis Lee. Oh, well, let's see. Well, I, oh, a cool running water and Patio Daniels. Picture this. <laughs> um. So there was a story that I was looking at the other day, actually, yeah, yesterday, um, from NBC News, that there was a man who fathered, <clears throat> wait for it. Yeah. 90, oh, no, wait, drum roll, drum roll. Yeah, Someone, drum roll. Will, yeah, drum roll would be uh, great. Man, uh, yeah, it's so hard to get. Oh. 94 children. Jeez. Yes, yes, people. He fathered ninety-four children with thirty-nine <laughs> wives, and so, he just recently passed away. We don't want to give any goals to anybody, so <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, only do what you can afford. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. So, oh, it didn't come out right, did it? <laughs> Ziona Chana, who is seventy-six years old, the head of a local Christian sect that allows. Uh, polygamy, and he died on Sunday. The chief minister of the state of Mizoram in the northeast of the country announced via Twitter. Old Chana lived with his family in a vast four-story pink structure with around a hundred rooms in uh, Baktong. Yeah, that's about as easy as I can say it. A remote (laughs) village that became a, a tourist. Oh well, there you go, BP. Uh, the remote village that became a tourist attraction, according to uh, Zoram Thanga, the chief minister who goes by one name, said on Monday. Um, according to Reuters, the sect named Chana was founded by China's grandfather in 1942. <laughs> <laughs> and counts hundreds of families as members. China married his first wife when he was only 17 um, and claimed he once married 10 wives in a single year. I mean, this guy is, you know, an overachiever. While illegal polygamy is practiced in some communities in India, um, the wives shared a dormitory near his private bedroom. And locals had told Reuters that he liked to uh, <clears throat> have seven or eight of them by his side at all times. I'll bet. Um, despite his huge uh, what? family size, <laughs> <laughs> Shannon told Reuters right. in a 2001 interview he wanted to grow it even bigger. Hmm. He said, I'm, already, I'm ready to expand my family and willing to go to any extent to marry. He said, I have so many people to care for and look after, and I consider myself a lucky man. So the BBC reported that with a total of 167 members, the clan was named the world's largest family by Ripley's Believe It or Not. And that's not like the KKK. That's this China clan here. Um <laughs> Although All kinds of clans. On, I know, right? Uh, although it depends whether you count the grandchildren whom China has 33 of. Um, Winston well, Blackmore. 
No, you would, you don't think so. Winston Blackmore, the head of uh, polygamous Mormon sect in Canada, by contrast, has around 150 children and uh, from 27 different wives. So that's 178 people in total. And you can see a picture of this poor guy. Um, you know, he doesn't look happy. And the majority of the wives and the children in this photo don't look happy either. So I don't know. <laughs> you might want to keep those numbers smaller. Um, but that was surely an odd story. So what was his age when he died? 76. I'm surprised he lasted that long. Uh, yeah, he probably had his last child uh, at uh, 75. Wait, hey, hey Cummings, if you were trying to call in, man, call back. Yeah I, I, yeah, I wasn't looking at the screen, so I didn't see you until you were clicking off there. Um, they got a picture of him, and I was like, hey, he don't look like 76, but it's from 2000 or That's, and, and 11. So, I mean, I can can't see even. On our Facebook I guess page. he took a lot of vitamins and stuff, huh? Um, yeah, I guess. Some kind of tree root. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they all did, actually. <laughs> I mean, I'm uh, 39. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't 90, know. I don't know. 94 children. I don't know how you keep 39 wives no. happy. No, not at all. <laughs> Some of us struggle with less. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's just insane. But the fact that it's illegal, but that they still allow it, that's, you know, that's kind of odd. No, it would seem odd. Like, look, this dude has a new child. Like, Why in the hell do you feed year? that many people? I mean, what kind of job did he have? I, I'm not sure. I'm sure he had more than one, though. So, <laughs> well, I, unless they were farmers or something, they grew their own stuff, maybe. Um, like, what? He um he didn't show what he was. He does have this weird hat on, so he may have been in like an engineer or in some kind of construction or something. I don't know. Oh, didn't say what he did. He probably didn't have time to do much. Not on I, <laughs> I just feeding clothing uh diapers i don't, I don't, I don't know. Even know how he had time to work with a formula or he had a lot of goats or something i don't know oh goodness well he probably should have had more they left um, out some information on that didn't they yeah i think they did i think they <laughs> did but it got them uh it got him into the ripley's believe it or not before china passed away and, and that was in india you say well, I did say, yes, it's in, <laughs> it's in, it's in the state of Mizoram, and Mizoram. that's where you would be in, in, in Mizoram if you had I think that was in children. the uh, Indiana Jones movie, Mizoram. Was it? Or some uh, kind of ram. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, well, that's, that's kind of neat that you had that story. Because, uh, you know, we've been talking about, we, we check our stats and, and we have, we have a variety of listeners from around the world. We do. Yeah. Uh, we have some, uh, uh, pretty consistent listeners in India and also in Japan, which is where my story is going to go. 
this oh, next story. Okay. Right. Um, uh, I tried to find it. You know, we also have listeners in Colombia, and I tried to find some stories for Colombia, and they're they're all pretty. I mean, it's either about drug dealers or uh, you know kidnappings and uh, all kinds uh, of stuff. So I didn't think I could use that on a Wednesday night. I'll have to use that on a, another yeah, night. Well, it's so, too much realism for a Wednesday night. I know, because we, we can read those <laughs> here about what's going on. So this story is uh, for those listeners. In, well, it's for everybody, but it's in Japan. Did you know that there's 10 weird things that only exist in Japan? According to this site, which is thetravel.com. Oh, but it says there's 10 weird things that only exist in Japan. So if if you happen to disagree with that, just chime in as we go along. Yeah, I'll I'll buy it. What 10 weird things exist only (laughs) in Japan, Donald Wayne? Well, the first thing on the list is unique Kit Kat flavors. Do you like Kit Kat? You like to break I, off I, one of those kick yeah, cars? Yeah, we'll break one. I've been known to break one off <laughs> but, here and there. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to ask it that way. <laughs> you got to be careful, though. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mean to go down that alley. Um, Indeed, no pun intended. But you know, uh, for those who do not know what a Kit Kat is, it's, oh. it's that chocolate bar that has wafer cookies you know is coated in uh, milk chocolate yeah well in japan they have a variety of flavors of kit kat bars now I, I think we've had some various flavors here in our you know in the united states as well but i never tried anything other than the original but in japan they have <laughs> get this they have potato flavored kit kat bars what potato flavor baked potato oh i'm sorry i left out the word baked it's baked potato flavored kit kat bars what's the point uh they have fruit parfait they're popular too uh fruit parfait kit kat bars hot chili and corn kit kat bars um corn kit kat bars (laughs) that's what it says i'm just uh, well now it'd be interesting if it was shaped like a little cob um, that would be interesting. Oh my gosh, they're showing a picture. <laughs> oh, that's disturbing. It looks like toast. Okay, I, it it doesn't list it in the list here, but anyway, those are some of the flavors. And they've said that some of those flavors have come to the United States over the years, but they never did work out very well over here. Jessica says she's had the apple pie and the lemon ones. So that actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, I was I was looking at the pictures that they have here. Of course, everything's except for the word Kit Kat is in Japanese. So I, I I do see one that looks like an apple. Hey, I guess they do have apple. All right. So anyway, never heard of them till I saw this article. Uh, they also have a lot of strange game shows in Japan. Did you know they love game shows in Japan? Oh, really? Uh, Of course we do, too. I mean, what we have a game show channel now. Is that still active? Uh, Yes, I believe it is, actually. (laughs) Uh, 
It says, while they are all totally unique and different from one another, they all have one thing in common. They're weird. One Mm. game show is called Candy or Not Candy and would have the contestants bite into various things in a room to see if they were actually made of chocolate or not. Um, Interesting. I I wouldn't try out for that game. Others involve putting people in scary situations or having them perform physical tasks. We kind of have those too. Um, they have the, let's see what they have here. <laughs> well, they don't really list them, a bunch of them. They have something called Terrace House. Uh, it's a reality show similar to our big brother. Um, but yeah, they, they don't really mention ones other than that of course they're showing some weird stuff they're showing a guy pointing to a bunch of dead fish laying on a on a board and there's a bunch of people standing behind him in rubber overalls (laughs) then i don't know what they're about to do to these dead fish but it sounds like a bad saturday night i don't know (laughs) okay all right so they have a, a thing over there in japan called ikiban Kuji. Well, you're not going to get that off with a Brillo pad. I don't know. No, I don't think so. You're going to have that for life. I'm sorry to say. (laughs) It says Ichiban Kuji is a type of lobby (laughs) that that exists in Japan. (laughs) BP. What? BP's heading the counter with that. Where where is he? I I didn't. Oh, I thought he commented. You were just no. you were assuming that he, BP. <clears throat> oh my goodness, that's just the funniest word I've heard all day. Okay, uh, if you visit a convenience store in Japan, you'll likely see tons of posters plastered all over the walls advertising different products from huge franchises like Sanrio, uh, different animes and manga series, and Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're showing a picture of a bunch of gifts. It looks like it's in a, like a 7-Eleven or a, 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 a racetrack or something like that. And I do see some Pokemon stuff there. But you can't buy those things. What you have to do is buy something like this lottery ticket. So mm-hmm. if you want one of those items, you have to buy an Itchy, Ichiban Kuji uh, ticket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So these tick tickets typically tipply tipply <laughs> these tickets typically cost between uh five hundred and a thousand yen, which is five to ten dollars for us. Uh then you're able to peel the ticket open and see what letter or number is inside. That number or letter corresponds to the prize you won. It says prizes are typically plush toys, collectible figures, home items like plates and cups. So, itch, itchy, uh, Ichiban Kuji. <laughs> <laughs> One more time. Just remember that. If you go to Japan, make sure you uh, uh, buy you a ticket for 5 so or $10. What did you have to go to the doctor for? Uh, <laughs> damn, Ichiban Kuji <laughs> is back. I told you it wasn't going to go away. Yep. Oh, my goodness. So, another thing they have <laughs> over there is uh, now they say this one's already defunct, but it's an, a restaurant <laughs> called Alcatraz ER. 
And it's showing a picture, and all this will be posted on Facebook tonight, but it shows a picture of a dining table set in a scenery of cell bars. Uh, It's a stainless steel table, but like I said, it says after the article that this place is closed up. It says Alcatraz Alcatraz Island, Uh, and then it says what it is. Well, we know what Alcatraz Alcatraz Island is, Uh, but they made a restaurant theme out of it over there, and uh, it was themed after a prison hospital. Guests would dine in cells and were served with hospital equipment. That would be a little bit too freaky for me. Uh, despite yeah, the fact that Alcatraz closed its doors for the final time in 2018, it's far from only the only strange restaurant in Japan. There's even another prison-themed restaurant that has filled the gap, and it's called the Lockup in Japan. So, all right, another thing they do in Japan. Uh, you know, if you're, you're one of those people when you go into a, a restaurant or something and you have a hard time just figuring out what you want to eat based on the menu itself, especially right. when you're in a place where <laughs> it's not American food, right? Well, they right. they have plastic models of all the items on their on their menu. And it's set up like, a, it looks like a big old bookshelf. And uh, there's a bunch of these different dishes on there and it tells you what they are. And then you can order by, by those pictures. Um, it's, uh, I guess it looks convenient. So it says, if you ever wonder what your food will look like and wish more menus had pictures, uh, you need to add Japan to your travel bucket list. Many places in Japan will have plastic models of their food on display. So they'll know exactly what they're getting before they order. Hmm. Interesting. So the next thing is super efficient public transportation, which I'm not going to, I'm not going to use any time on that. It's just uh, talking about, they have very efficient and timely public transportation in Japan because in Japan, it is, is more important for people to be on time over there. They, they consider that to be, you know, uh, good manners to be on time. (laughs) So Mm. they must have a fun time when they come over here. Right. Uh, they have, guess what color their traffic light is there? Well, they, you know, they have the, the, uh, the red and the yellow, but guess what the go color is in Japan? Pink. (laughs) Pink. No, not bad guess. It's blue. Oh, wow. It says when it comes to traffic lights, green means go and red means stop, but not in Japan. There are a lot of things in Japan that make driving pretty tricky, like their narrow streets and tons of traffic. But something that not many people are aware of is the fact that their traffic lights are blue and not green. This is actually because the Japanese language didn't always have a word for the color green. They had words uh, only for a few colors like black, red, white, and blue. Uh, and they would use those to describe other colors. But because of that, several things in Japan we would consider green or call blue instead of like blue apples. <laughs> so they decided to go with they decided to go with uh, blue for the traffic light. Uh, you see somebody sitting at the lights. <laughs> what? Maybe once called blue apples. I don't know. You did? Um, that's odd. Okay. Um, 
They have super expensive fruit in Japan, though. It says eating can be eating healthy can be expensive. Um, there's a lot of reasons why fruit is so expensive in Japan. It's one of the biggest ones is because the supply of fruit in Japan is is very small. Uh, even though they can import fruit from Mexico and the U.S., that would be even more expensive. So they grow a lot of their own fruit, and the farmers want everything to look perfect. So they, they have this thing about perfection that, that these articles are saying, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that there's a small amount that it takes that, that they take out all the bad fruit. Anything looks bad. It gets thrown out. So only the perfect ones go in the store. Because of this, peaches can go for up to 3,000 yen, which is $300 for peaches. Grapes can be $500. Hmm. That's a lot of money for grapes. Yeah, some expensive grapes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, We're down to two more here. One, because they do like fruit so much, they grow some unique things there in Japan. One of them is uh, they've done something unique with their watermelons. And I'm looking at a picture of it. They're watermelon, or they can grow watermelons that are basically square like a box. They're not round like we have here. So, box melon. Uh, Box melon. Well, actually, that's not a bad idea because how many times have you ever, you know, had your watermelon roll away from you? (laughs) Right. I needed to fit perfectly in the refrigerator. So, you could just take this little sucker and and cube it and cut it up. So, I kind of like that idea. That's but it's uh, some serious engineering to get it to grow square. But they can run two hundred dollars a piece as well. So two hundred dollars a piece. Yeah, I'll go yeah. down and get an oval one for five bucks all day long. <laughs> maybe, maybe they, maybe their uh, pay scale is much higher in Japan. Uh-oh. I can't imagine paying two hundred dollars for a watermelon. But no, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the last thing this kind of says that it's kind of unique for Japan. I don't know if that's true or not, but according to this article, they have vending machines that sell almost anything you want in Japan. They sell drinks, snacks, (laughs) uh, phone chargers, T-shirts, umbrellas. Uh, Let's see if they give anything else here. Uh, you, (laughs) You can buy hot, fresh pizza. In a vending machine, a bouquet of flowers, a surgical mask, a new pair of underwear. There you go. Um, So, you know, convenience is important in Japan. Uh, I reckon, you know. (laughs) uh, Where are we going? Well, I got to go to the old underwear machine again. (laughs) I told you that movie was going to scare me. (laughs) Yep. That's what you get. Um, I've always wanted to go to Japan, but you know, I don't know that that I'll I'll make it over there. But you know, like- if you t- if you take away the sight from when you're eating your food, mm-hmm. um, that it'll increase your gastronomic pleasure. If you take away your sight, so if you just close your eyes while you're eating, yeah, is yeah. That what you're saying? If, you, if you close your eyes, yeah, in complete darkness. It'll increase your gastronomic pleasure. Okay. I, I'm not sure that 
how often I have that, but <laughs> I'm not sure that I've ever well, had maybe, it. You know, I don't know. Maybe there's something you should think about. <laughs> Gastronomic pleasure. Pleasure, yeah. yeah. Well, because I was just looking while you were doing the restaurant thing. <clears throat> you know, they have the, those dark restaurants where you can you go in and it's completely dark. You can't see what you're eating. Oh, we you talked to, about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's no yeah. way. I'm not. I'm not doing that. No, no, no. But you know, the first one actually opened up in, uh, and we may have talked about that too. The first one opened up in, <laughs> in Paris. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, uh, yeah, w- yeah. The one where they lead you around. The... Yeah, it's, it's called Le Gat du Noir. Yeah, the gout new do noir gout, and that's that's not a good thing. I wouldn't think so. It doesn't sound like you're going to walk out of that restaurant better than when you came in. So, no, I mean, can you imagine? I guess everybody had to wear bibs too. You know, if you're eating in the dark. I mean, well, that's when you go in and just share food. You know, like that doesn't really matter share food. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I've, who's I've that? seen. Who's that putting that in my mouth? And it's not me. <laughs> I've seen too many people eat for me to, you know, there's a restaurant. Uh, I don't know if it's still there up in Dahlonega. If you know the one I'm going to say where you go, it's like a family style meal place where you oh, sit yeah, with strangers yeah. at a long table and pass yeah. food around. Anybody can lick the fork. It oh yeah. Really oh yeah. 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 And kids sneeze on it as it's no, passing yeah. by them. Yeah. Or a kid with a runny nose. Uh, well, they call those sprinkles, Donald Wayne. Like you <laughs> sprinkles. Get on your ice cream. Yeah, some flavor uh, enhancement. Um, and they don't have to pay extra for that. So, uh, so if you're eating up there, I think it's called something house. Something, <laughs> something house. Something house. Well, that's very convenient. Like, like the, the Floyd house or. <laughs> Uh, somebody's know, house roadhouse house. um daryl's yeah. house there's a Darryl's little music yeah no right that's a good show a little music um see what <laughs> i got here um you know scientists have, they're saying you know we got that report coming out at the end of the month about aliens right um, it was supposed to, about, isn't it? This yeah, month? Yeah. Yeah, the end of this month. It's getting closer and closer, folks. Um, oh, shut the door. Why don't you? The um, scientists say that we really shouldn't try to contact aliens. Uh, this is off of the desert news. Um, this is uh, the. Um, <laughs> It's Mark Buchanan as a physicist and writer from Europe and um, has got a, a little bit different take on the search for aliens. Um, it says contacting aliens could be the end of all life on Earth. And here's some, some reasons why he says that could be so. So the, the search for aliens has reached a stage of technological sophistication and associated risk that it needs strict regulation in national and internet on at national and international levels without oversight. Even one person with access to powerful transmitting technology could take actions affecting the future of the entire planet. Um, sounds like a, 
a Terminator episode or something. It does. <clears throat> Says more alarming is the possibility that alien civilizations are remaining out of contact because they know something. They're looking down and like dumbasses. No, that that sending out signals is catastrophically risky. Our history on Earth has given us many examples of what can happen when civilizations with unequal technology meet. (laughs) Um, Yeah, not unequal, unequal. (laughs) Um, The technologically more advanced has destroyed or enslaved the other. You know, we've all seen the movies. a cosmic version of this reality might have convinced many alien civilizations to remain silent. Exposing yourself is an invitation to be preyed upon and devoured. And we say that down here on Earth, too. So it's kind of a universal. Exposing saying, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It leaves you open to all kinds of things. Um, right, BP. The search for aliens and unidentified flying objects has kicked up in recent weeks because of an upcoming U.S. Department of Defense report, which will explain all investigations by the U.S. government into UFO incidents. Or will it? Yeah, I don't um, I don't have faith that they're going to be that forthcoming. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be so redacted, um, you know, that you'll probably end up with about two sentences on each page um, once you put the, all the, the words together there. I don't know. But well, I, I wonder about that. Yeah, if we finally do, you know, we've got um, satellites that have been out there for a long time. Uh, we're starting to get these radio signals back from distant galaxies. There's a blinking feature at the middle of our, our planet or something at the middle of our solar system that they've discovered is all kinds of weirdness going on. Oh, could be like that old, uh, that Tom Cruise movie where they redid war of the worlds. And just come down to use us for fuel. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wouldn't that be up? That a would be a pisser. Uh, <laughs> indeed. I, you know, I, when you watch those programs that we've talked about before, those universe programs on Netflix, it's just right. hard to believe that in all of that vastness that there's not something else. Um, but if they make it here, knowing we don't have the ability to go anywhere else really at this point, um, then, you know, we're in trouble because they're obviously going to be more advanced than we are. So. Yeah, I think that's why they're trying to look at Uranus because it's not very threatening. You know, if there's something there, it's <laughs> well, likely, likely, good not day. Very, likely not very hostile. <laughs> it's on a good day when there's no storms <laughs> or weird water. Um, yeah, that's, you know, <sighs> there's so much we don't know about it. I know, and, and so much we shouldn't. Um, welcome, PBG and Pamela. And welcome. Pamela, yeah. I wonder if they're going to tell us about if they've got any alien bodies cooped up somewhere, you know, from crashed spaceships I, and stuff like I, that. I don't, I don't, I just don't think that that's coming out. I mean, 
there's some more fun in us wondering and, and trying to find out. Well, they're going to use the excuse like, you know, we can't handle the truth. So, right. uh, I mean, they didn't want to tell us the truth about mask with COVID because they didn't think we could handle the truth. So, well, I know we can better handle just being locked up, you know, for uh, months on end. So, the wisdom of government. Okay. That's right. Hey, I almost said shankles, but welcome, Shank <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> shankles. Shankles. <laughs> I don't know. And, and you're Kelly, welcome. You're the better one of reading these things uh, well, than I am. Yeah, so we're in trouble. I need to clean my glasses. <laughs> we're in trouble uh, if you can't read them. But yeah, that's that's all I got on that. Uh, but yeah, just you know, be careful when you're trying to reach out and touch someone in outer space. We should have that song. Um, so if you have a weak stomach, you may not want to listen to any of this stuff that I'm about to t- talk about. Oh, great. Um, it's, if you're real sensitive about food issues, it's going to get weird. And I well, think wait, you're sensitive about food. Issues. Oh, I am. I am. And some of these uh, just were very difficult lick, to read. Lick your spoon and put you right into a coma. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you lick my spoon? I wouldn't. <laughs> no, the, the, no, no. The one that, you know, the one that gets me is, uh, is the person that licks the chip and then uh, dips it into the uh, salsa. Yeah, or actually licks the chip and then shakes more salt onto it. Um, like, here's a way to get that salt to stick now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> as your blood pressure shoots over 6,000, I'm not pounding on your bottle, chest. <laughs> another bottle of salt down here. We just, yeah. you don't put enough in these little shakers. I mean, I, I do. I have lots of phobias about, <laughs> I have lots of rules about eating. Lots Maybe a little, a little bit more flexible than I was years ago, but then some of these have things. You, have you huh? let Maggie eat anything out of your mouth yet? <laughs> okay, well we should we we should explain that Maggie is our dog. Oh yeah, Maggie is. Goes, so wait, so, what kind of sorry. sick people are they? Can- <laughs> I'm sorry for the folks that just came in um, to that conversation. I guess I should clarify. You let Maggie eat food out of your mouth. (laughs) Again, Donald Wayne. Goodness Uh, gracious. Maggie's a dog. No, I will not. (laughs) No, I will not. I love her, but no, I will not. Uh, Well, I knew the answer already. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah. And we probably, you probably don't want to go any further down that road. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, okay. All right. So this, this, some of these things are disturbing and this is uh, from a site called a ray of light and it's uh, another travel site and it's talking about weird food around the world. Now there's, there's 35 in here and I'm not going to do all 35, but um, travelers reveal the strangest food they've ever eaten. Now, it doesn't give the guy's name, or at least I cannot find it, the who, who wrote this article. He talks about a lot of these, like he's tried these various things, which just make me wonder his sanity. Um, and Dennis Lee, you may have eaten some of these, but I'm going to go right. through. I'm going to go through some of the highlight ones. I'll do 10 or 12 of them here just as far as I can go 
before I get ill. Uh, and this will be on the web, uh, on Facebook as well. Cause the pictures really kind of put you in the mood to be ill. Um, in France, that's, that's, this isn't, I mean, I've heard of this before. This is not so far out there. Although when you look at the picture, you're just like, Oh no, why, why would you do that? You know what they like in France? Um, dipping their fries in mayonnaise. I don't know. No, they like frog legs. In France. Oh, have you not had frog legs? No, I haven't. Oh. But you look at the picture of all these little frogs all piled up together here, and then you think about somebody cutting their legs off and then uh, and eating, and that's all you're eating on the frog is the legs. So you know what's the point? I mean, it would take. It's kind of like. Um, oh gosh, I can't think of an, an example now, but I mean, you'd have to eat two dozen of them to have some kind of meal i tried them once just to try them and i was not impressed well i they think did not, they did not taste like chicken to me i think i think here in the states we have a version of frog that have big muscular legs don't we i mean they're they're kind of yeah bull they're bigger than this picture that yeah. i'm looking at all these little tiny baby but frogs you, yeah you figure they pull the, the legs off what do they do with the rest of the frog again i it doesn't really say but that's you know that's all they uh that's all they do is eat the legs huh. um it says here that globally 100 million frogs are taken out of the wild for use as food every year 100 million frogs Jeez. um Although frog legs are common in French cuisine, it is a delicacy in many parts of the world, not limited to Thailand, China, the Caribbean, Indonesia, and sporadically, it says, throughout Europe and the United yeah, States. Yeah, I'm with you, Justuck. Actually, we watched that video clip of Fairlife's animal abuse uh, problems that they'd had over there. And, oh, it gets um, worse. Yeah, it makes me not want to uh, eat any meat at all. Yeah, it, it gets it gets worse here. Uh, but it does say that frog legs uh, it says to be rich in protein, omega three fatty acids, and vitamin A and potassium in frog legs. Hmm. It says what do frog legs taste like? Doesn't everything taste like chicken? No. Uh, it says no, it resembling tiny, skinny, and elongated poultry legs. Frog legs are most often served grilled, boiled, or fried. The flavor can be described as a weird mix between chicken and fish with a texture that is similar to chicken wings. No. Anyway. Yeah, I, would, right. I wasn't too, yeah. I would never do it again. But, um, no. you know, it's one of those things you got to, I mean, that I had to try. Yeah, so. well, you know, you're, you're more adventurous than I am. All right, the next thing on the list is uh, Hormigas. Culonis. I beg your pardon? I'm probably not pronouncing that as well as it should be. Hormigus culonis. <laughs> it's called the big butt ants in Colombia. And you see this picture of this huge ant. This particular one has uh, wings and the guy's holding it up and it's squirming. Um, it's a, let's see. Oh, wow. I'm looking at a picture. That's crazy. It's pregnant leaf eater, leaf cutter ants that are collected by hand during the spring mating season. 
They are roasted and lightly salted to make a tasty snack, nice and crunchy. They have sort of an earthy, irony taste. Uh, they're, they can be bought in small bags in Colombia. Oh, oh, there's a story for Colombia. Sorry about that. Hey, we did get one in for Colombia. <clears throat> Big butt ants. Uh, mm. The best place to find or hormigas colonus are in, um, uh, well, who cares? <laughs> We're not going there. Uh, <laughs> Cartagena is the, the only one I can pronounce. All right. Oh, so like, you, know, you can, yeah. you can probably get them from, uh, you can probably order them online. Oh gosh. And this guy says, be sure if you're going to Columbia that you get some of these. Okay. This next one, <clears throat> get ready. Uh, I don't think that you've talked about, if you've talked about this one before, Dennis Lee, just, you can stop me. Maggot cheese. Did you talk oh, about that? No. Why would I? Okay. I, well, I don't know. You talked about some kind of cheese one time and I, I said, well, did he talk about that? All right. So this is called maggot cheese in Sardinia, Italy. The Italians like this stuff. Uh, and it says, what does cheese with maggots taste like? Casu uh, marzu is a well-aged picornio cheese in which holes have been placed and which is left outside for flies to deposit their eggs in it. Once the eggs open, the maggots larvae start feeding on the cheese and the cheese is ready. Hard on the outside and the inside of the cheese looks more like a thick spread. <laughs> it's a strong cheese, not for those who like mild flavors, and it's eaten while the maggots are still alive. Mm. I cannot. Well, I guess I can see them in the picture. I just have no idea why you would even oh, who who even thought of that and it says that actually uh it's not dangerous to eat um it's not legal in italy so you have to go to some source that uh, <laughs> that you know will do that for you i just mm. don't even know why okay and we're in the heck is this Sanak Sanakji, Korea? Okay. Or is this maybe this is the name of the it's live octopus. It says Sanakji Live Octopus in Korea. Mm. Uh, of all the adventurous foods we've tried, nothing could prepare us for our first Sanakji experience. Sanakini is Korean for live octopus, and after living in Korea for a year. And being challenged by many students, we decided to give it a try. Oh, my gosh. He said, originally, we thought it would be like the movie Old Boy. I, I've never heard of that movie. Where you just eat a whole octopus with all the tentacles attached, fighting its way out of your mouth while you're eating it. Now, could somebody really enjoy that? I mean, you're trying to eat something that's still alive and it's trying to crawl back out of your mouth. Uh, what, mm. what is the fun in that? Yeah, so anyway, this guy said he tried this. Uh, let's see. Oh, don't read all this. We made our selection. Two small octopi were put in a bag. Um, and then we were escorted to a third floor where she, 
It was a beautiful seafood restaurant. And less than 10 minutes later, we were each served a plate of live octopus wriggling tentacles drizzled with sesame oil. Hmm. Um, the active tentacles wiggle up the chopsticks while you're trying to eat it. <laughs> they suck to your teeth and the inside of your mouth. Uh, the meat is lightly, slightly chewy and crunchy at the same time. The flavor is so fresh and briny, like the freshest seafood you've ever tasted. So I'm not eating something, number one, I wouldn't eat octopus anyway. But if it's trying to stick to my teeth or the inside of my mouth, I mean, can you imagine? What if it's stuck to your throat as it, it was, if you're trying to swallow? I'm not going to eat anything that's trying to suckle me. <laughs> yeah. I just I don't and it's a it's a big thing in Korea. They they yeah. they love it. Okay. Yeah. Uh we know that a lot of places in the world eat bugs. In Myanmar they eat locusts. Oh, um okay. it's called eating fried locusts. I ate fried locusts while exploring a market in Myanmar. Uh let's see. There, golly, we go into way too much detail about different things that aren't important. Only then that I noticed what she had next to her, a terrifying full bag of dead locusts. Each one is fat and juicy as a cocktail sausage. However, the comparison ends there because when I tried one purely as a gesture of goodwill, because I really wanted a photo, I can honestly say it was the grossest food I've ever put in my mouth. Mm. When you bite down, at the first, at first, the insect's tough exoskeleton <laughs> resists, and then suddenly it cracks, and all the bitter, gooey insides come squirting out. It wasn't just the disgusting taste, but also the shock of the goo explosion and the horrifying crunching sound mm. the dead insect made as it burst in my mouth. <laughs> BP, weren't you telling a story about that a couple of nights ago? <laughs> I just don't know what is wrong with people. What ever made somebody think, oh, that looks good? <laughs> just all right. You think yeah. that's bad? You think that's yeah, bad? That's actually pretty bad. Let's go to the Philippines. And these pictures, it really helps if you can see the picture because it kind of gives, you know, you're, I'm trying to paint a picture for you but this next item is called bird embryo ballot egg in the philippines so they crack open an egg where the bird is not fully developed um it says ballot egg a two to three week old duck embryo are the most popular exotic foods that you will find in the philippines it is usually sold on the sidewalks in a woven basket covered with a cloth to keep the ballot warm. Oh, my gosh. Uh, ballot is basically eaten from the eggshell, starting with a small crack to sip the broth. No, that, that's not broth, people. That's not broth. The broth tastes like chicken soup and is best sipped while it's warm. Um, the story will take a different turn when I peel the rest of the eggshell and took my first bite. My first ballot egg eating experience wasn't pleasant. As I chewed the soft bones and the soft feathers in my mouth, I began to imagine every part of the embryo, embryo from its beak to its claw. 
I almost vomited, but my cousin prodded me not (laughs) just to swallow so I can eat the yolk next. Which tastes like scrambled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's so eloquently put, Tommy. I just oh, people have got to be crazy. You know, sick. they say that you know when you're in certain countries and they offer you food, it's it's a sign of disrespect to turn them down. I got news; they'll think I'm the worst jerk in the world if they offer me something like that it's not mm. gonna happen mm. i guess i better not go over there probably not not likely to happen anyway all right uh in japan well we've already talked about japan uh this is called basashi raw horse meat okay 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 uh Oh, let's see. In my time living in Japan, I got to try many strange dishes such as shirako, cod sperm, which looks like human brains and tastes like I imagined brains would taste like. Okay. Okay. Uh, What? I'm reading it right off the thing here. I'm just sorry. I'm, I'm not making any of this up. I, and I can't even Google that with a, with any good conscience. So Okay. You um, better not because no telling what you'll end up with. Geez. It says, what does horse meat taste like? Raw horse meat is served thinly sliced with sesame seed oil and grated ginger. The meat is very tender, not chewy at all. I would actually say there isn't much difference between uh bashi and shishimi well uh, you who could raw fish slices okay oh i mean uh if you uh, keep your eyes open you can try it at many traditional japanese bars all over the country uh it doesn't come cheap for one serving of four four small four small slices of raw horse meat you can pay up to 800 yen well that's only eight u.s dollars so i mean i don't know that that's all that bad uh can you stand a few more dennis lee i i don't really i don't even know um, <laughs> the next my, thing geez. is uh guinea pig in ecuador oh man uh, i think i'm looking at a picture of it gutted and i see the little two front teeth coming out on the guinea pig it looks almost like a beaver um and ecuador what does guinea pig taste like i took my first bite of the crispy skin and was pleasantly surprised it was delicious sort of like pork crackling uh i continued Uh. eating found the taste of the guinea pig to be very gamey much like rabbit I actually found the whole meat to be delicious and wouldn't hesitate to eat it again. Okay. Well, I've, I've had rabbit before. Um, so I guess if you could eat rabbit, why why couldn't you eat a guinea pig? I, I don't. I don't know. I, I can uh, tell you why I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I've, I've had, actually had rabbit ravioli before, and it was... Oh, yeah, it was some some kind of delicious. I wouldn't cook it myself. I, I couldn't eat Bugs no. Bunny either. So you know, that was good. I mean, you know, it's uh, one of those things. Maybe they you should just eat it and they not tell you what it is. But 
All right, giant egg, ant eggs, and raspberry. And I don't know what country this is. Luang Prabang. <laughs> I, I've never heard of it. Well, Luang Prabang. Well, I think uh, <laughs> a friend of mine had a lawyer. Know, I don't know that, who that uh, is. Called that. I'm not sure. Uh, that's interesting. Um, it says, what do ant eggs taste like? It's hard to describe. Ant eggs don't taste like much of anything, but they are a bit crunchy on the outside. And in the case of eggs from giant ants, they explode when you bite down on them and release their creamy liquid interior. Oh, there's well, a lot of explosions with some of these meals. Yeah, you got a lot of goo and poo and and guts and yeah, you know stuff. All the thing I hadn't heard yet is a gizzard. So. Okay, the next one's Cambodia's crocodile meat. I'm going to go over that because I have eaten gator tail. Yeah, um, I've had that. Thailand, they have this guy standing. He's got his hand out, and he's got five, six insects. One of them I recognize. Well, there's actually it looks like a tarantula on his hand that's fried, and a grasshopper, and something that I saw in Indiana Jones movie. Um, and so I'm not going to go through all those. Okay. This next one, coconut worms in Vietnam. They love coconut worms in Vietnam. Uh, okay. and they, they package them and it's in the chilled section of the supermarket in Hanoi. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. A pack of them wrapped in cling film right next to the regular meats and for a cheap price. What does a coconut worm taste like? Uh, they're a form of a beetle larva, which looks like huge maggots. They do look very large. And uh, so these beetles lay these eggs in, inside coconuts, and the larvae grow. And then, of course, it ruins the coconut when they do that. But then the people, well, we can't have the coconut, so we'll take the coconut worms. Mm. Okay, this next one is an ox head in Oman. Okay, the picture is, it is the head of the ox. There's no horns or anything. And it looks like somebody took and threw a bunch of peanut butter and sand on the plate with it. But uh, this guy says it's one of the most delicious meals he's ever eaten. I bet. What does it ox head taste like? Um, <laughs> it doesn't really say. What does it taste like? Okay, it just says it's tender. Uh, in India, they eat rats. They are prized in India. And these, um, it says the northeastern part of India, freshly, freshly caught rats. They eat camel burger in Morocco. So... Um, grasshoppers in Mexico, pickled swallows in Laos. Uh, these are actually, you know, you know what swallows are, right? Well, I've heard. <laughs> um. Small, small birds. <laughs> I'm talking about the birds. Oh boy! Uh, they're they're showing a bunch of them lined up here. So they they only they migrate to uh, Laos in the says or every year in August through September. 
Uh, they're trying to escape the freezing temperatures in, in uh, Russia and China. So they go to Laos and uh, these people capture them in nets and they, it's a delicacy over there. Um, it says they have an extremely pungent, overpowering sour taste. And if the taste doesn't get you, the texture will. You need a stomach of steel to get through the crunchy little bits of bone and beak. Ugh. Now they have another, in Vietnam, they have fertilized duck egg. And it's about the same thing as that other thing I was talking about. Gross. Um, let's see if there's anything other than rat. Uh, it's talking about escargot. That's not a bad thing. Oh, that's actually looks normal. Shrimp, shrimp soup in Brazil. Chicken breast. Hey, we're getting into tarantula. And I don't, I don't know what this country is. Siam reap. They eat tarantulas and Siam reap. Tuna eyeballs in Japan. So they sell the eyeballs in a package for seven, 700 yen in Japan. No, that's okay. All right. I think, oh, one more thing. This is India. What is this? Brain curry is one of the bizarre foods that you can have in different parts of India. Oh, it just looks like it's not really brains, but it's they it does kind of look like brains sitting there. All right, Dennis Lee, that's enough food. It doesn't get any better. Um, except purple taco, purple blue tacos in Mexico. I bet. <laughs> and that's uh, because of what they put in it. Uh, I can only imagine. <laughs> well, it's been a very flavorful experience there, Donald Wayne. Well, you know, um, but the people eat this stuff around the world. And, and this particular author, whoever wrote this article said he's, eaten all of these things and some of them he would go back and eat again well you know and that leads into the next um story about um depressed crayfish so depressed? you know yeah all these weird foods it just cause the crayfish to be depressed now no antidepressants that are meant to treat humans can also affect aquatic animals when those drugs enter the waterways. We don't think about that. Everything we're taking in our body, we're passing right into the water. Um, this is a story by National Geographic. Um, it says in a paper published uh, in Ecosphere, researchers found that crayfish exposed to moderate levels of the antidepressant Citalopram, uh, uh, commonly uh, sold as Celexa, spent significantly more time foraging for food and less time in hiding. They just didn't give a rat's ass. They're like, okay, here we go. <laughs> um, the behavior could make the crayfish more vulnerable to predators, and their altered behavior could, over time, have other effects on stream ecosystems, they said. Um, it was surprising to see the extent to which the behavior changed. Um, it was pretty dramatic, Lindsay Reisinger, a freshwater ecologist at the University of Florida, said. Um, the study was the first to examine crayfish and antidepressants in a naturalistic setting. 
and it raises concerning questions about the extent and impact of this type of pharmaceutical pollution. Um, and, I mean, I guess we just really don't think about that. You know, what kind of drugs are, you know, passing through our body into the water that they've no. got to recycle. And, um, yeah. Um, since uh, citalopram is a selective serotonin uh, rootake inhibitor, or an SSRI, a broad class of antidepressants that are among the most widely prescribed drugs in the world. In 2018, nearly one in eight people in the U.S. reported taking an SSRI. Um, this, this, they're designed to alter the brain chemistry for the humans and increase levels of neurotransmitter serotonin, which helps regulate mood, happiness, and anxiety. So, I mean, these crayfish are like, whoa, it's a party. We're going to be out here and get all the food we want. Who cares about that cat or that, you know, raccoon over there? We don't care. Um, but they can also uh, uh, affect the non neurochemistry of many non-human animals, especially those that live in the water. So I, I just thought that was crazy. You really, you just don't, it's stuff you just don't think about. No. You know, cause crayfish are kind of like uh, catfish when it's on the, the lake floor. Um, crayfish are one of the dominant consumers of stream leaf litter and aquatic insects. So if you have them to start to diminish in populations and, you know, I guess, we're going to junk up the old stream there. Um, yeah, bottom feeders, true. more or less. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so crayfish acting all nonchalantly will be uh, more susceptible to raccoons, foxes, and other big fish and birds. So um, they, they hypothesized that the crayfish were eating and therefore excreting more nutrients, which promoted algae growth. Um, and their increased movement kept algae and nutrients from settling on the stream bottom. So they said they found a lot of changes in, in, in the behavior of the crayfish. Um, so there's um, uh, one two, 2009 study found citalopram at 500 nanograms per liter, about 20 miles downstream from a wastewater treatment plant in India, and concentrations of 76,000 nanograms per liter in an area with several pharmaceutical plants. Um, so that's, that's, that's crazy. So if it's having an effect on the crayfish... Uh, you know, it's going to be having an effect on on other insects and animals as well. Of course. Yep. So it says uh, to protect the environment, bring your unwanted drugs down to Al's house. Turn them into <laughs> old Al, and he'll repurpose those drugs, and we won't get those in the waterways and lose all the crayfish and junk up the stream. Well, you know, every uh, once in a while we get a public service announcement telling us not to dispose of old 
medicine, expired medicine in your sink. Right. Don't right. let it go into the wastewater system. Go, go turn them in. <laughs> can, can you imagine? And I'm sure people do still, you know, I mean, people are generally lazy and they're not going to go through a lot of effort to get rid of their old expired drugs. Right. Right. Where's my glaucoma medicine? Well, Billy said he was <laughs> donating it to the church down the road. Um, well, that one I wasn't actually pointing out, but <laughs> glaucoma. Yeah, you better have glaucoma. We were, we were, I can't I even say it. We referenced that one a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the times we live in, Donald Wayne. Well, I, you know, I get tested for that every year when I go do my little eye exam. There so you go. Uh, little, look what, look what popped puff. up today. I mean, have you had that test done where they put the puff of air in your eyeball? Yes, yes. And it's they say now don't don't move because it'll mess up the picture. Yeah, well, don't, don't blow air in my eyeball yeah. and I won't move. Yeah, because that doesn't happen on a normal basis. So no, yeah. they need to strap you in there before they do that. All right, all right. At least well, give you a lollipop if you, um, you know, you're not afraid to be strapped in. Jeez. So, yeah, that's all I got about that crayfish story. I thought that was crazy. You can read more about it on our Facebook page. But, yeah, be careful what you dump in the water. You're depressing. Uh, you're subduing the animals. What in the Sam hell is going on over there, Donald Wayne? I don't know. You okay. okay. There's, it's aliens. I don't know. Um. Okay, so I guess I'm going to go to this. This I found this little list on popcrunch.com. I don't know where I find these things. I just type in something and this stuff pops up. But it says the 20 worst action film stars of all time. Now, obviously, this is the opinion of the staff writers here on this site. And they don't even, there's a picture of the person, but there's no name under there. So. Uh, some of these I agree with, um, a lot of them, I haven't seen the movies and then some, I think, I don't know. I'm not sure I agree with you on that. So I'll just go through some of these as quickly as I can. Uh, and I don't know why they criticize Jay Leno. We know that he's not an actor. Right. <laughs> he was never an actor. I think he was in two movies if I can remember correctly, but. Uh, so there, there's, these are the names of actors or film stars that they consider to be the worst action film stars of all time. Jay Leno not, does not come to my mind when you say action film star. Uh, but he was in a movie called collision course. Do you remember that? I believe so. In 1989, uh, the movie was pitched in the same vein as Beverly Hills cop. But unlike Murphy, Leno was not as funny on the silver screen as he was off. And thankfully, he has stayed off since. <laughs> He's, and it gives the worst one-liners of the movie. It says, I'm going to bust your ass. I guess he was saying that to somebody. So if that's the worst line in the movie. You remember Bridget Nielsen? That kind of uh, oh, I do. Yeah, Russian, yeah. you know, yeah. badass-looking Okay, uh, she was in a movie called Red Sonja. 
I remember the movie. They don't give a, a year for that, but they didn't like her in that movie. Um, I don't remember whether the movie was any good or not, but they, it was a very expensive movie. Um, and that was, they said it's back when Bridget Nielsen was kick ass hot, but never kicked ass in the movie. Um, she played a better, a it says better, but I bet that's better uptight Russian wife. Oh no. She plays a better uptight Russian wife than she did a kick-ass medieval mistress. And it says the worst one liner. No man may have me unless he's beaten me in a fair fight. Okay. Uh, Halle Berry, you know what movie that was? The worst she's ever been in. Um, we've talked about it. Monsters ball. Oh, uh, no, Catwoman. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, she, they didn't like her in Catwoman. I I hear that that was a terrible movie. I've never seen it. So I don't know. I can't, can't make any comparisons. Uh, but says Barry is best suited for roles where she is not wearing a fitted leather costume with strategically placed tears in it. Mm. Uh, says the best the worst one liner in that movie was white Russian no ice no vodka hold the Kahlua um, Corey Ham do you remember a movie called the Roller Boys I do not prayer for the Roller Boys but you no. remember Corey Ham kind of don't you right I do okay yeah he was in a movie called prayer for the Roller Boys uh, it was an apocalypse movie known as a prayer for the roller boys. Ham starred as a kid who helps a gang of rollerbladers save the world. <laughs> so, um, that was him. They didn't like Dolph Lundgren. Do you like Dolph Runt Lundgren? Lundgren? Um, yeah. From Rocky no, four. No, not really. Not really. Okay. Well, they panned all the universal soldier movies. It says there were six of those movies. Huh. I didn't know that huh. from 92 to 2012 uh, says it's the worst action film franchise of all times. It says the worst one liner from the movie is dying is easy. Rock and roll is hard. Oh my, <laughs> that's that's okay. George that's Clooney. Cool. Guess what movie he got panned for. We've talked about this one before too. Um, Frodo. Batman and Robin. Oh, Batman and Robin. Yeah. yeah. It says the best thing about that movie, uh, that Batman and Robin movie with George Clooney is the smashing, smashing pumpkins opener and closer on the soundtrack. And worst one liner from the movie. This is why Superman works alone. I remember him saying that to Robin at one point in the movie. Uh, John Cena. He played in the Marine. They didn't like that movie. Right. I don't think that I saw that one. Did you see it? I did not. He says, furthermore, I understand it's important to blow crap up in movies, but when there are more explosions and lines, you can tell the director is trying to hide the fact that the, his star can't act. Uh, Shaq played in Steel. I kind of remember the movie, but I don't think I ever saw it. Did you see that one? I never Jack. saw that one, no. Steel? Ah. 
All right, move on to Martin Lawrence. Now, this this person is dissing Martin Lawrence in Bad Boys 1 and 2. You there? Um, now, I like, I like Martin Lawrence in Bad Boys 1 and 2. I mean, I, I don't think that uh, it, it would have been the same movie without it. I mean, you know, Will Smith kind of played the straight guy in most of that. And, and Martin Lawrence was the comic talent. So they didn't like it. Hmm. Uh, I wasn't real crazy about the last bad boys just because of, of the, I just thought it was too long since they did the other two, but uh, they don't like Brandon Frazier and Tarzan. I kind of, rem- I, I did see Tarzan. Did you see it? Which remember one? Seeing, uh, the one with Br- Brendan Fraser. No, I didn't see that one. You didn't see that? It was really s- silly. It's kind of like, uh, you know, a jungle version of Encino Man. Uh, Nicholas Cage. They didn't like Nicholas Cage in The Rock. Now, of course, I kind of like The Rock movie because Sean Connery was in it, but... I, I probably couldn't argue that Nicolas Cage didn't really add a whole lot to that movie. Right. Um, says that uh, it wasn't until Cage was cast in The Rock with Sean Connery that he began his action hero bit. Since then, it seems Cage has released at least one crappy action film per year. Nicolas Cage should have stuck to the roles that allowed him to display his true talent as a town drunk that he actually is. Uh, worst one liner it says is I love pressure. I eat it for breakfast. Now I found out something about Nicholas cage. I did not know because it references that, uh, one of the reasons he's had a lot of movie opportunities is because of nepotism. Do you know who he's related to Dennis Lee? No, who's that? Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, okay. His, father was actually a brother of Francis Ford Coppola. So that's probably why he got so many chances at movies. Is it Coppola or Coppola? What did I say? Coppola? It's yeah. Coppola. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Right. Uh, reading that with one eye closed. I don't know. Yeah, it's Coppola. Uh, I had you confused, didn't I? Yeah, he did. Hulk Hoden, Hoden, Hoden. You know who Hulk uh, Hoden is? Isn't that the one that does the view? (laughs) (laughs) Hulk Hoda? (laughs) Hulk Hoda. Hulk Hogan in the Suburban Commando and everything else that he's ever done. Uh, I don't remember. I I don't think I saw that movie, that Commando movie. This is what it's going to be, brother. Um. He said, uh, worst one-liner of that movie, I won't be around when this check clears. <laughs> that was, uh, oh my they remember that line? Uh, Steven uh, Seagal. Do you like Steven I think, Seagal? I think huh? that's what they told him when he did that porn movie, too. <laughs> I don't think this check's going to clear, buddy. Um, I did I'm, see no, it. I'm not a big fan of Steven Seagal at all. I did see Hulk Hogan one time in an airport in Florida. Did you? Uh, I was waiting. Yeah, I was only about maybe 10 feet away from him. I was, I'd already got my ticket 
and he was getting a ticket and somebody approached him. I recognized him just because of his look and somebody approached him and asked for, uh, you know, an autograph. And he was so pissed and so rude to the guy. I'm, I'm telling myself, gee, I'm glad I didn't go over there. Uh, I wasn't going to ask for an autograph, but I thought about saying something to him. But after that, that was a good indication. I made the right choice. So right. Steven Seagal it says everything that he's ever done. Now I have to say, I liked the movie he did when he was the cook. I mean, it wasn't a brainy movie by any means, but I, I kind of enjoyed the one he did when he was a cook on the, on the Navy ship. And he, you know, he eliminated everybody, but under uh, siege. under siege, I kind of liked that movie. That was with, uh, um, men in black guy. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, Tommy, I, Tommy Lee, Jones. Tommy, Tommy. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. I liked him in that one. Uh, but the others, yeah, they were, they became all the same thing. He did the same thing in every movie. And then, then he gained too much weight and he just didn't look real and trying yeah. to do his karate stuff anymore. I'd put Chuck Norris up against him any day of the week. <laughs> uh, now, they're Triple H. I don't know who Triple H is. Do you know who that is? Yeah, Triple H. Who jacked some people up there? From WWE, he was in the movie uh, Blade Trinity. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. Wesley Snipes. They said he did a terrible job and he, sh you know, he shouldn't have been in that movie. The only thing redeeming quality was that Wesley Snipes does a pretty good job with those blade movies. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I'm not going to go the one liner there. Cause it's usually language we don't use. Um, uh, Vanilla ice was in a movie. Cool as ice. I don't remember that either. Do you? Um, no, I don't, but he, he was, um, uh, seems that this, his terrible motorcycle action movie called cool as ice was what kickstarted his decline. And for good reason, I believe this movie was only out there in theaters for a weekend and it tanked, uh, says the worst one liner from the movie. Hey, wackhead tried to play baseball with my homeboy's bike. <laughs> so, Jeez. uh, Oh, is another. Oh, they're giving several lines from this one. I'm gonna go across the street and uh, sling a schlong. Oh, here we go. You're opening uh, up the floodgates, Donald. Wayne. Looky, um, looky, 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 and cats, black bookie. Okay. Yes, no. that is that is correct. Slightly, Donald Wayne. Did say sling the strong. Well, it's it's uh, on here. Okay, it's, it's no, I believe you. Yeah, but I, I don't. You. I mean, you oh, know, that's, my, oh that's, my, that's a cleaned up version of it. Just, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, okay, drop or that. You could have said uh, flick the trick. I don't know. Um, <laughs> John Stamos and Born to Ride. That was that was a real big was. Uh, was that rated R or is that a one of those other adult movies? <laughs> oh, you mean oh that kind of R movie? No. Sure. It says the plot for the movie was the army decides to modernize its horse-driven cavalry 
to motorcycles, and apparently this pisses off Stamos's character. That's about it. To emphasize Stamos's character's disdain for the movie's tagline reads, he was born to break the rules. Uh, he should have opened a store called Famous Stamos. Famous, um, famous Amos? Famous Stamos. Oh. Last one is Jennifer Gard, Gard, Garden. <laughs> Jennifer's <laughs> Garden. Jennifer's <laughs> Garden. That's another channel I don't get, Donald Lane. You know, this well, is a family show. We, I think it's been canceled. I, I don't think it's on anymore. I, I, I think everything withered and died. But Jennifer Gardner played Electra, and uh, you know yes, that didn't, did. do, didn't do very well. She may be the ultimate kick-ass fanboy fantasy, but that in no way mean qualifies her to be an action star. And to make mm. matters worse, she married and started a family with one of the biggest douches in Hollywood, Ben Affleck. That's oh, well, that's right. the the person who wrote this article. That's their he, opinion. He's no Batman, that's for sure. <laughs> no, he's, he's not a Batman. I mean, uh, on steroids, Batman on steroids. Mm. All right, Dennis Lee. Those those are just that was all the opinion of this person, which will remain well, nameless, but it is a woman, a staff editor for popcrunch.com. Oh, well. Sounds um, tasty. Well, you're you're popping us right through the door there, Donald Wayne. That's I didn't realize there was so many people in so many movies that sucked. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, aren't you glad you didn't see most of them? I mean, yes, I am actually. It's and now you don't have to. Oh, I, uh, I missed Gary Sinise. Did you see him in The Imposter? Now, look, I like Gary Sinise. I, I, I haven't too. seen him in that, but. Um, you know, look, people have bad movies here and there. I and mean, some people have bad movies every time they get in front of the camera. So, um, yeah, I like you know. Gary Sinise and he's, he's yeah. a good person too. He does a lot yeah. of, uh, a lot of, uh, charity work. I, I understand. I don't know that personally. I just read that. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. Lordy, Lordy. Some chips there, Donald Wayne. Need some salsa. Need some of that. Uh, right. Some of those, that silkworm salsa that I didn't yeah. talk about. Earlier. Well, <laughs> uh, stuff that just gushes in your mouth, right? Yeah. Uh, Anytime you read a description about a food that just bursts in your mouth, I mean, other yeah. than a starburst, I just think that maybe that's it's bursting with gooey flavor. I don't know that I'm going to buy that. I just don't. Or the, the right tentacles that stick to your cheek and your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> How did Billy choke? Well, he got suckled by a tentacle. Um, you know, that's no way to go out. No way. To, I I am not going like that. Um, okay. Well, I'm not pulling it out of your mouth either. I'm going to right. tell you right now. Please, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, BP. Indeed. Um, wow. You like me to run off the mentionables? Um, <laughs> Let me think about that. Oh, okay, okay. Um, well, that was uh, I, I really can't follow that with anything, Donald Wayne. That was it's, 
between the foods and the movies. I mean, yeah, that's uh, really what else is there to say? Um, well, look for all this stuff on Facebook because yes, please, please do. Uh, there may be some recipes involved if you look hard. Right. Yeah, we and, and don't send us any bills for your stained clothing. Um, so yeah, if you want to email Donald Blaine and tell him how disgusting that food episode was, <laughs> you can do that at tristalk 69 pts at gmail.com and make sure to send suggestions for future shows and you know, maybe some pictures and oh my BP, be careful. Um, Did you see what Jess Duck is saying there? The guy Minnie with all the kids looked like <laughs> quite the catch, didn't he? He was like, I don't, you know, he's like not very happy. He's like, oh no, I Must wonder be a if shortage of men one. in that part of is India. There, <laughs> is there another one coming? I don't, I just can't do it. Um, yeah, I, I, and if you look at the group of uh. Women and children, they don't look none the happier neither. So, um, <laughs> if you would uh, like to follow us on Facebook, we encourage that. And you can see a lot of our articles there, and all the shows are posted there. And we have some, usually some cool and updated pictures on there. Um, and that is it, Tries Talking Facebook. And uh, let's see. Um, you can also get us on all these other formats at uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, LinkedIn, Listen Notes, and Player FM at Trice Talk. And uh, we are on every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 10 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone. And... Um, Look, we, we, we appreciate you. We love you. And, and thank you for being here. We couldn't do it without you. Oh, you ready for me? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought I heard another word coming out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that wasn't you then. It wasn't actually. Okay. Well, we appreciate everybody spending time with us tonight. And, and uh, you know, this is what you get when we're not going to talk about politics. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's either it's either disgusting foods or politics. And sometimes they're about the same, have the same, uh, elicit the same uh, reaction. Especially right. if you watch the press conference today. Oh, um so, all right, the, the, the closing thought for tonight, I think I found one from George Carlin that I've never used before uh, and that I can use. That's, that's the hard thing sometimes. But George Carlin said, I like people who buck the system, individualist. I often warn people somewhere along the way, someone is going to tell you, there is no I in team. What you should tell them is maybe not, but there is an I in independence, individuality, and integrity. And that's old George. That's his story, and he's sticking to it. I hear, I hear some kind of static. <laughs> Are you well? Are you, 
I think that's one of those naked mole rats trying to get out of the hole there. You, um, uh, geez. <laughs> that sounds like uh, sandpaper. I don't know. You need to use more cream. I'm, I'm trying. You know, the cream cream comes at, you know, that price of that's gone up too. Has uh, it? Petro- petroleum is not uh, not going down, Donald Lane. It's going up. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, if uh, with your little scratchy hands, if you can turn out the lights, I'll, <laughs> I'll start kicking in. See, see if I can get this little mole rat to do it for me. Ah, oh, there we go. Lights out, Donald Lane. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, and uh, stay safe. We'll uh, be back tomorrow night.